So the president said that uh, he's going to speed up asylum approval and deportation. So this is an order. All right. And under that order is a 21 point plan. Not going to bore you with that. The headline is that asylum seekers, uh, foreign nationals, um, will now present their case to a Border Patrol guy or an immigration guy, federal immigration agent, not a judge. And the agent can say on a spot, yes or no, we'll consider it or we won't. And if he says no or she says no, goes back to Mexico. Now, is that going to work? Probably not. ACLU will file a court challenge. I can guarantee it. Um, Because the law says that federal immigration judges have to make the decision, not federal workers. So Biden is doing this because the border is horrendous. Everybody knows it. He's got no policy down there. It's his fault. So he put this uh, order in. But it's a good order because you're never going to hear all those asylum cases. You get five, six years. In the meantime, a uh, foreign national lives in the USA and partakes of all our benefits here. Is that fair to anybody? No. So, uh, but for every good thing that the president does, a bad thing. (laughs) This is unbelievable. So the acting director of the executive office for immigration review. I mean, I I can't even keep track of all of these offices. Um, Her name is Jean King. And she has directed all 539 immigration judges to stop using the term illegal aliens. Now, of course, that's unconstitutional. <laughs> federal government can't tell a judge, a federal judge, what to say or what not to say. The judge wants to say illegal aliens. It's absolutely an accurate uh, depiction or definition of a foreign national who comes here uh, in disregard of the law. But the Biden administration, you can't say it. So if I'm a judge, I'm going to say it like 18 times instead of one. Oh, that's virtue signaling. Yes, indeed. Okay, so uh, we don't do a lot of foreign news here, but this one pertains directly to President Biden. And you'll hear this nowhere else in any other news agency but here. So Afghanistan, 20 years of blood and treasure that America invested in that country to try to keep it free from the Taliban. Okay, so Donald Trump, President Trump wanted out of there. And in February 2020, they signed a treaty, an agreement called Bringing Peace to Afghanistan. And it was essentially a ceasefire between coalition forces, American forces, government of uh, Afghanistan and the Taliban. And it held until the inauguration of Joe Biden. The day he was inaugurated, Mr. Biden, the Taliban started attacking. And since then... The U.N. reports on Monday, this Monday, that almost 1,700 civilians have been killed and 3,500 civilians wounded. That's up 50 percent over this time last year. And that is doesn't even count the Afghan army and military people who have been killed and wounded. Okay, so the Taliban and, and if you extrapolate what's happened, knew that President Trump would hurt them and perhaps scrap the agreement bringing peace to Afghanistan if they attack. But they 
don't believe Joe Biden will do that. And so they attack and they control about a third of the country, soon to be two thirds. Why? Because the Taliban will kill not only the opposing forces, but their families. They're like the cartels in Mexico. So if you're an Afghan policeman trying to stop the Taliban surge, you're going to get killed and so is your whole family. That's how they operate. So how many Afghan policemen you think are going to fight the Taliban? Now, the military a little bit different, uh, but you'll always see the military masked. So the Afghans who are on the side of the government, supported by the USA, know this is not going to hold. And it's because of the vicious tactics on the part of the Taliban. North Vietnamese did the same thing. And it worked. The South Vietnamese said, nah, it's not worth it. That's what's going to happen in Afghanistan. Now, Biden did authorize bombing last week. But as I said, he should have kept 1,000 U.S. military in uh, Afghanistan at Bagram Air Force Base. Remember, I've been there. I know this situation. All right. Should have left a thousand basically to do airstrikes and maintain the air power. See, Afghans can't do that. It's the only hope that the Afghan army or police force has of defeating Taliban air power. But it's not going to happen under Biden. So you'll see in the next six months or so, Afghanistan go back to the Taliban. That means uh, Al Qaeda moves in. Al Qaeda is still around. And you're talking to a guy who just completed a book called Killing the Killers, The Secret War on Terrorism. I know all about this. And we're back where we were in 2001. Unbelievable. All right, let's get to the Capitol hearings. I told you yesterday that I'm not going to cover them the way that the network news and the Capitol and the uh, cable news is covering it because I can't vet the people who are testifying. But this is working out exactly the way Nancy Pelosi planned it. So the Democrat-run committee, and remember, uh, there are seven House Democrats on the committee, two Republicans, both of whom hate Donald Trump, Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger. So this is in motion to say that Donald Trump caused the Capitol riot. That's what this is. And everybody should know that. That's where you start. That's the baseline. Okay. And then the subtext is the Republican Party is also responsible because much of it backs Donald Trump. That's what the conclusion is going to be. It's a foregone conclusion. But the testimony is from selected people whom the committee picks. So it's not like they're trying to get a balance on the Capitol police officers. They're trying to get the police officers who hate Republicans and Donald Trump. And it's not hard to do that. So I'm going to run in two sound bites just to prove what I'm telling you is true. Go. Um, and as black officers, I believe we fought a different battle also. And um, the fact that we had our, our race attacked and just because of the way we look, you know, to answer your question, frankly, I guess it is America. It shouldn't be, but I guess that's the way that things are. It was a prolonged and desperate struggle 
the rioters attempted to breach the Capitol were shouting, Trump, send us. Pick the right side. We want Trump. All of them were telling us, Trump, send us. Okay, so you get it? You see? Now, I would never disparage those officers. That would be unfair. I was not there. Is it possible that uh, the N-word was used and that uh, people said Trump sent us? Certainly. Absolutely possible. Probable that it happened. But this is a political committee. It is not a committee to find out anything. It is a foregone conclusion. Nancy Pelosi, and you can mark my words, we have them on tape, will announce next year in the run-up to the midterms that Donald Trump caused the insurrection and that the Republican Party enabled him to do it. You don't even have to have the hearings. That's what is going to be done. Now, when you watch the coverage on cable and network TV, they will never tell you that. They will never put that in perspective. And unfortunately, some cable conservative pundits are attacking the police officers. No, that is wrong. Okay, so if Donald Trump had access to Twitter and Facebook and other social media, he could in kind, all right, real time in kind, reply to what you just heard. And that would be fair, correct? Because he's the guy that's being attacked. Donald Trump is being the man who is being attacked by Nancy Pelosi's committee. So if he had Twitter, Facebook, the others, he could go bing, 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 bing. This is bum, bum, bum. He could defend himself immediately. But he can't because, as you all know, he has been banned from social media. And he was the day after the Capitol riot. They took him off for two years. So. Donald Trump has filed a lawsuit against the social media companies, as you also know. Now, three weeks ago, today, I interviewed Mr. Trump in New Jersey, and I asked him about the lawsuit. Go. So the uh, lawsuit against the social media companies is unprecedented, number one, and could be a game changer for the country, number two. Are your lawyers prepared, though, for the war? Because it will be a war. You know that. Are they prepared for it? Everything's a war. With me, life is a war. And yeah, we're prepared and somebody had to do it. Uh, I made a big speech in Florida the other day. We had 48,000 people and the people are screaming, when are you going to sue social media big tech? Everybody's wanted me to do this. Uh, they're bad. They're bad people and they're doing bad things and they're really hurting our nation. They may be in the process of destroying our nation. We're not going to let that happen. All right. Joining us now uh, from Washington, D.C., is the lead lawyer for President Trump, John Cole. Uh, he also was involved with the 1990s tobacco lawsuits when the principal negotiators and uh, the tobacco industry settled for $386 billion because they did so much harm uh, with their product. Uh, in full disclosure, John Cole is married to Greta Van Susteren, who is a friend of mine. All right, Mr. Cole. Um, Bring us up to date on where we are in this lawsuit. Is stuff going to happen soon? So, last night, we filed an amended complaint that added 
Naomi Wolf and uh, Wayne Allen Root. Uh, we also added a lot of uh, small businesses, doctors, lots of, since the thing, the lawsuit became public, a lot of people have been calling in, uh, been actually coming to uh, take on bigtech.com. And we have, I think, somewhere around the neighborhood of 60,000 people have uh, asked to come on uh, on board with this. And we're going wow. through them. We're vetting. And uh, that's just, it's been, what, two or three weeks. Uh, I'm sure it'll keep going up. Okay. So this is a class action lawsuit. Other Americans, some of them famous, some of them not, have been banned by social media. They're joining your lawsuit. Uh, in pursuit of damages to the social media companies. And I would assume uh, a judgment that they have to stop this censorship. Is that the end game? Yes, that's that's one of the possibilities. Uh, we're going to take this thing. It'll be it'll be decided eventually in the Supreme Court because it is an important issue. We have to bring uh, the law up to the 21st century. Uh, all the laws most of the cases dealt with things way before you had these tech companies and the tech companies are abusing their power and we have to bring them into court to get that rectified. Okay. Now the tech companies have their own lawyers is probably what uh, a couple of dozen of them that you're up against and they'll all try to delay this as long as possible, right? They want to run out the clock on the two years that Mr. Trump is banned, I would assume. Yes, well, we're putting in a motion for preliminary injunction to get rid of that. And if we win that, that would probably go up to the Supreme Court also, which will decide the constitutionality of what they're doing. If they decide in our favor, then uh, President Trump and all these people would be let back on the uh, social media platforms. All right. And you anticipate the Supreme Court hearing that this fall? No. I'd say probably next spring. Next spring. Who's paying that, that for, would be for the That would be for the preliminary injunction. Okay. Who's paying your services and uh, the uh, side that's going after social media? Who's paying the bills? Uh, we have donors. We have a lot of donors that are paying uh, uh, expenses. Uh, a lot of us are doing it on a contingency. Uh, like a regular class action suit. That's the way it usually works. We usually don't have donors, but we have lots of donors now. Okay. Now, uh, the national media, and please correct me if I'm wrong, because you you do this every day. National media has pretty much blacked this out. I don't hear a lot, even on Fox News or Newsmax, uh, the conservative stations, about the lawsuit or where it is or how it's going or what the tactics are. I don't hear much. Am I missing it? No, I don't think so. I think that, first of all, lawsuits go, are slow. But anyway, we, are, we did file the amended complaint. We are going to be filing the motion, and uh, hopefully there's news when they're decided. Um, a lot of the pundits came out within, what, three or four hours of the suit and said it was no good. I guess they're much smarter than me and my team because, uh, you know, we worked on it for months. They looked at it for 10, 12 minutes. Now, you're not an ideologue. I've known you for many years. I never thought you were um, any kind of political guy like Rudy Giuliani was when he uh, represented Donald Trump in the election fracas. Um, is that accurate or do you lean right? Well, this is a First Amendment case. 
And I'm, you know, in a, a good world, the ACLU be next to me. So, uh, but it's not a good world. And uh, the right of center people are being taken down. The left of center people are not. So I think it's unjust. I think that it's a case that really has to solve this problem we have, where you have these massive companies with hundreds of millions of people and they're being fed one side, not the other. And you know, the thing is, is two, five years, 10 years from now, they may be after the liberals, who knows? But that's, that's the problem we have. All right, now you, if this proceeds, you'll get to depose uh, Zuckerberg and Dorsey and all of these guys. They're not gonna wanna be deposed because if they don't tell the truth, that's a federal crime, correct? Yeah, but We'll, we'll let the judge decide that, but I'm sure they will be deposed. And Donald Trump, as I said to him, will be deposed. And that's not going to be easy for the former president, is it? Well, he's done a lot of depositions in his life, so I think uh, he'll be just fine. OK, the odds of you winning this, um, you know, I'm asking you a question that's purely a guess and subjective. But there are lawsuits that, you know, um, the odds are in your favor. Would you say that the odds are in your favor here? Absolutely. I think they are. There's a, there's a stream of Supreme Court cases that uh, support us. I think that what the uh, tech companies are doing is, is wrong, and uh, I think we will win. Put a number on it. 70% chance, 60% chance? Let's go with 75%. Wow. So you're very optimistic. Final question for you. A lawsuit like this with all of your associates helping you with all the logistics that you have to do, all the motions you have to file, all of that. What's the cost of that in the end? Say you prevail and they'll, as you said, it'll go up to Supreme Court. Say you prevail in this. How much will that cost to win and defeat the tech companies approximately? I think approximately the expenses will be in the low millions, three, four million dollars. I thought it would be higher than that because they're going to try to obstruct everything you do. Everything you do, they're going to file a counter motion. You know how it goes. Well, we're, we're on a class action. You're working on a contingency, so we're not getting paid. The expenses are depositions, some lawyers, some professors, that, those types are being paid. But uh, I see it three, four, five million dollars. And then if uh, you're awarded punitive damages against a social media company, that could go into the hundreds of millions of dollars on your side, couldn't it? Yes. And we're also suing uh, the CEOs personally. And when I think uh, Zuckerberg has, I don't know, what, 130 billion dollars, what's it take to punish him? Donald Trump would get some of that money if he win, correct? Sure. Every member of the class would get something. And how does that be? How is that divided? That's uh, the judge. Uh, you, you come up with plans and the judge approves them. So it's, it's done with judge approval, court approval. Right. All right. Well, I hope you'll keep us posted, John. It's a fascinating case. I think it's one of the most important legal cases in American history. And that's not a hyperbola. But I also think that the network news and much of the cable news will black it out. They won't follow the case. And as you said, every time they mention it, they go, oh, he doesn't have a chance. 
because they don't really care anymore about being accurate or giving anybody a fair shot. Um, at the end, yes, you'll get coverage. But from now until a year from now, two years from now, I think you're not going to get a lot of news coverage on this. Probably not. My last word. All right. John, thanks for uh, helping us out. We'll talk to you again soon, I hope. Okay. Thank you. So that was interesting, I thought, um, bring you up to speed. And again, the reason that you watch me and listen to me um, and take the time to become BillOReilly.com premium members and watch the first TV, listen to WABC, is because we are telling you things you're not going to hear anywhere else. You're not going to hear that anywhere else. And now you are up to speed. You know where we are as far as this very historic lawsuit, because this could crack the entire social media apparatus, and then the doors open for more freedom of expression. And the Congress would have to get involved and make new laws. So the Supreme Court would throw out the protections that the social media companies have now. They'd have to throw them out. So that's why this is so important. And I'm glad you're with us to see it. Everything is expensive these days. You know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings, against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. The Iraq-Biden meeting was open to a few questions. And remember, Joe Biden doesn't answer questions. He doesn't hold press conferences. He's not really available. And this is what happened, Go. Veterans Affairs is going to have a mandate. You are such a pain in the neck, but I'm going to answer your question because you've known each other for so long. It has nothing to do with Iraq. The answer. No. <laughs> I'll answer your question. Yes, Veteran Affairs is going to, in fact, require that all docs working in that and facilities are going to have to be vaccinated. Okay, so number one, Kelly O'Donnell, NBC reporter, did her job. All right, so she asked Biden about the mandates in the uh, Veterans Administration that all personnel get vac vaccinated. It's a legitimate question. Number two, I don't think Biden was trying to demean her. He was just saying, I repent and act by answer your question. I didn't see anything wrong with that. Partisans made a big deal out of it, not me. I wish President Biden would answer more questions. I wish he'd do an interview with me, but he won't. Okay. Um, Six months in, I have said this, I don't want to be boring and repetitive, but I am now believing that Joe Biden is Jimmy Carter, 
that's how he's governing the nation. And you know how the Carter years turned out. But I could be wrong. However, most Americans do at least agree with me in some way. Listen to this. ABC News poll. It's a phony poll. It's a ridiculous poll. Why? Because they surveyed 31 percent Democrats, 24 percent Republicans and 36 percent independents. A seven point gap. There's no reason for that. ABC. And even with that gap, they asked this question, thinking about the next 12 months, would you say you feel optimistic or pessimistic about the way things are going in this country? Optimistic, 45. Pessimistic, 55. Even with that big advantage to the Democrats. So 55% of those answering this bogus poll say they feel pessimistic. Now, they did another poll, same question, on May 1st. Then it was optimistic, 64. Pessimistic, 36. So that's dropped 20 points among Democrats about um, pretty pessimistic. And Joe Biden's in charge. So why is this happening? COVID's a reason. Doesn't seem to ever go away. But gun violence and the economy are the two other big reasons. So ABC, same company that took the poll, they uh, did a report with the Gun Violence Archive, a research group. And they said from Saturday, July 17th to Friday, July 23rd, a six-day period. At least 915 shootings took place in 47 states and D.C. 430 people dead, 1,007 wounded. Top states, Illinois had 109 shootings, Texas 63, Pennsylvania 59, California 52, New York 48. That's in six days. So why is this happening? Because the violent drug gangs are running wild in the urban centers. And what's Joe Biden's solution? He's going to surround the gun stores. <laughs> Unbelievable. And it really is if, when you step back, no matter if you're a Democrat, Republican, independent, if you're a mugwump, whatever you are, to hear a sitting president say, I'm going to solve the gun violence problem by cracking down on gun stores. I mean, really. You know, beyond the pale. All right, let's bring in a guy who is watching news coverage because his life depends on it. And what I mean by that is the purveyor of BernardGoldberg.com, the legendary Bernie Goldberg, is a media guy, has been for decades, probably since William Howard Taft was president. And, uh, he makes a living on BernardGoldberg.com by analyzing the media, among other things. Number one, do you think my assessment of President Biden is unfair? No. I think the easy answer is that journalists traditionally, historically, side with Democrats over Republicans. That's because... Journalists are liberal, Democrats are liberal, and they see the Democratic views as reasonable views, and they see conservative views as way out of the mainstream. So, so my quick, easy answer is that they go easier on Biden 
certainly than they went on Trump. That goes without saying. But I know that you like evidence-based analysis, so I did some research. The Pew Research Center did a study of the first 100 days. I don't think there's much difference between the first 100 days and the second 100 days, but of the first 100 days of the Biden administration. And get this, Bill. 78% of the stories about Joe Biden were negative. 78% were negative. But that was to when the audience was conservative. So when the audience was conservative, almost all the stories about Biden were negative. But when the audience was liberal, only 19% of the stories about Biden were negative. So in plain English, if you're watching Fox, almost everything about Biden is negative. If you're watching CNN or MSNBC, almost all the stories about Biden are positive. And that's because, and I think you'll agree with me on this, that's because this is not any longer about journalism. This is about business. And the business model is simple. Pander to the audience, give the audience what it wants to hear. Don't do anything that might make them angry by exposing them to views they, they don't feel comfortable with. And as a result, almost everything about Biden is negative when it's to a conservative audience and the opposite when it's to a liberal audience. All right, but let's get back to me. It's all about me. All right. So I think President Biden's doing a bad job. And I'm not saying that because many of my viewers on the first TV or BillOReilly.com or listeners on WABC radio think that as well. I'm saying it because I'm analyzing things like the border, the economy, violence uh, in the streets, foreign affairs, how people are doing financially, and all of it is coming up not good. So therefore, go ahead, go ahead. Let me pick up on two of those specifics that you just mentioned. The border. That's his, he created that mess. Yeah. If you go back, and I did this on my website a while ago, if you go back and do nothing more than quote Joe Biden, he practically gave the immigrants from Central America an engraved invitation to come to the United States. So whatever's happening on the border, that's Biden's problem. That's a mess he created. Now, if Trump had created a mess to this extent, it would be nonstop New York Times, page one. Okay, we, but we, that's obvious. The second thing is crime. I just wrote a column that's going to be up on my website in a few days. Crime may very well bring down the Democrats next year and maybe even in 2024. Because Joe Biden, like most liberals, thinks we have a gun problem. Conservatives and Republicans think we have a criminal problem. And Joe Biden doesn't want to state a very an uncomfortable truth that a lot of these criminals, I would venture to say almost all of the people you see looting high-end stores in big cities and casually walking out of the stores because they don't bear any consequences. Not only are those cities run by Democrats, but Joe Biden doesn't want to talk about the, root, the one root cause that Joe Biden and Democrats don't want to talk about. The only root cause they don't want to talk about, fatherlessness. 
I would venture to say almost every single one of those people looting stores grew up in a house without a father present. That's the problem. But it's even Guns. worse than that. The well, vast majority of people being shot and killed are African-American. I mean, I think in some places like Chicago, it's 90 percent right, of the victims you, you, of violent crime are African-American. Yet you see no urgency, just absolutely. like order, no urgency to, to stop the gunfire, to, to confront the drug gangs who are doing it. Everybody knows it's the drug gangs. It's not just it's not bank robbers doing it. It's drug gangs. And they're all the, minority gangs. So the only black lives that matter to these people, to, to the people you're talking about, the only black lives that matter are the ones that get hurt when a white cop is involved. That's right. So, so Americans so, know that, and according to this ABC poll, um, they are pessimistic that Joe Biden's going to solve any problem. And here we go back to President Biden. I have seen nothing, not only in his six months as president, but in his senatorial career as well. I have seen no problem-solving ability, none. And Jimmy Carter had none either, which is why his administration spun out of control in the economy, in gasoline, in a variety of different ways that people were alive back then. You saw it with your own eyes. Biden is the same skill set that Carter had, which is nothing. And, and yet I he think, got elected I think president. that's the story. And yet he got elected president for two reasons. One, he wasn't Bernie Sanders because they figured Bernie is too far to the left. He can't win. So they nominated Joe Biden. Two, he wasn't Donald Trump. That is a major factor. America didn't say, we want Joe Biden. We think this guy is so charismatic, so visionary. We have to vote for Joe Biden to be president. No, they didn't want Donald Trump. They didn't want four more years of Donald Trump. That's why he's president. But I don't believe, I believe Joe Biden is the president technically. But I think he's sitting in the back seat while the progressives are driving the car. And that's why they don't want to blame criminals for crime, because if you blame criminals, the progressive wing of the party is going to get all upset. No, no, you can't blame criminals. You can blame racism, but you can't. You can blame racism for everything, by the right. way. Right. So, final question I have predicted here, and, and obviously in 17 months, a lot could change. But I have predicted here a massive backlash against the woke movement, the progressive movement, Joe Biden, Democrats in general in the midterm elections of 2022. I believe the GOP, as ineffective as they are right now, and the Republican Party is not effective right now, I believe they will take back the House and the Senate in November 2022, which effectively will end the Biden presidency and the progressive movement. What say you? I say you're, you're onto something because History, for one thing, history is on the GOP side. In almost every election since World War II, the president in power during the first uh, midterm election lost seats. I think it's about 26 seats in the House and about two seats in the Senate. So history is on the Republican side. But this time around, 
They also have several other things on their side. They have the border on their side. They have pending inflation on their side. And to me, this is the most single, single most important. They have crime on their side because suburban voters who deserted the Republican Party and voted for Joe Biden, they see what's going on and they're worried that that crime is going to hit their neighborhood. That's right. Just as it hit a fancy section of Washington, D.C. a few days ago. It's no longer in their neighborhood solely. Now it could be in your neighborhood, and they don't want that. And I think that's going to be the biggest single factor uh, giving uh, Republicans the advantage. Yeah, and I mean, if the economy worsens, obviously it's going to even be worse than we think it's going to be. You know, I heard a rumor that uh, if people sign up for BernardGoldberg.com, um, and you actually run into them somewhere in your travels that you'll buy them dinner. Is that true? <laughs> if I say yes, just to go along with your silly nonsense, I'm going to be hit up for all That's sorts right. of dinners. You're, you're not going to be able to go out of the house. You better get a gold or one of those platinum <laughs> American Express. I, I, want, I want to thank, seriously, seriously, I want to thank your many viewers in your audience who came over to the website and i welcome anybody who hasn't come over come on over i will not agree with you you will not agree with me a hundred percent of the time just as i assume you don't agree with bill o'reilly a hundred percent of the time but neither he nor i will pander to you we'll give you our honest opinion sometimes you'll agree most of the time i think in my case and sometimes you won't if you need somebody to agree with you a hundred percent of the time please don't waste your time Coming to All right. And there are plenty of other places to go for that. That's for sure. All right, Bernie, stay well. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for helping us out today. Appreciate it. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. I'm Mike Slater from the podcast Politics by Faith. This is a crazy time in our country. It's stressful, a lot of anxiety, and it's going to get worse. And I realized that one of the things that helps me take away the stress is realizing that there's nothing new under the sun. So on this podcast, we take the news of the day and we run it through the Bible and other periods in history to realize that we've been through this before and we can rise above again. Politics by faith, anywhere you listen to the podcast, politics by faith. COVID hysteria. All right, Kamala Harris leading the crew. CDC says now if you live in a COVID infested area, even though you're vaxxed, you might want to wear a mask if you go inside. That's not outrageous. If my neighborhood had, you know, 100, 200 COVID cases and I was going inside, I'd wear the mask. But my neighborhood doesn't, thank God. So it's an advisory. But immediately after the advisory, the vice president puts the mask on. I mean, it was like 10 seconds. And not only that, she orders all the reporters uh, recovering her to put the mask on. This is called virtue signaling. Totally unnecessary. The reporters are vaxxed. She's vaxxed. Boy, she got that mask on. Oh, yeah, can't get it on fast enough. Because this is what the left wants. The strong central government 
telling Americans what they can and can't do, not only in COVID, but in everything. That's what this is all about. Now, the White House Correspondents Association told members they must wear masks again inside the White House, even though everybody inside the White House is vaxxed, even though they've all been vaxxed. <laughs> so, you get it. yeah, I know you get it. I know you get it, what's going on there. All right, Tokyo. Now, this is a disaster over there. Today, 3,000, more than 3,000 new cases today because they're 14 hours ahead. So their day's over. Um, And the previous high was 2,500 cases. So now they're blasting through all their COVID records because only 26% of the Japanese population are vaxxed because they don't have the vax. You know, I wrote a column, uh, a message of the day yesterday. said, we're, no matter what you think about this COVID thing, we're lucky. We are lucky to live in America. We got the vaccine. President Trump's administration got it fast. Nobody else has it. In Britain, they have AstraZeneca, but they, they got big problems with that. Here, those of us who are vaxxed have a wall of protection. So anyway. Is COVID hysteria once again. Hey, this is Vivek Ramaswamy. The media has systematically lied to you. The Hunter Biden laptop story, the origin of COVID-19, the Trump-Russia collusion hoax, or how your money's being spent in Ukraine. Enough already with the lies. No more lies, hard truths only. That's what the Truth Podcast is all about. It's not standard conservative talking points. If you want that, go somewhere else. But if you want the hard truth delivered to you in a way that challenges you, and will challenge me intellectually, you're not going to find anything like this on the internet. Subscribe to The Truth Podcast today on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, over at the Olympics themselves, about 25 athletes have COVID. That's not that many, because most of the athletes coming into the Olympics were vaccinated. So the USA is doing good, uh, 31, and it, it changes, you know. But they're ahead 31 uh, medals. China's got 27, Russia 23. Uh, congratulations to Katie Ledecky, an amazing athlete, uh, amazing swimmer. She won a gold uh, today. And, um, you know, she is really something special. Erica Sullivan won silver uh, in an event today. And the women's swimming team is just magnificent. And, and no nonsense. We're not getting the nonsense, all right? And the gymnastic team, too. Uh, the women gymnastics uh, for USA, just, I, I'm going, how do they do it? And I feel sorry for uh, Simone Biles having her problems with Drew. Tremendous athlete, but pressure got to her, it looks like. You know, I feel bad for her. You train and train and train. You know, you want to walk away from the Olympics, number one, healthy, and number two, victorious. All right, here's the final thought of the day. In golf, you have the long game, which is driving and, you know, hitting the ball as far as you can. And you have the short game, which is getting a ball on a green, putting, things like that. So in life, you have the same thing, the long game and the short game. Now, one of my weaknesses was I didn't have a long game. I reacted immediately to almost everything, and it hurt me. I was at CBS News. They bigfooted me, which means I put my life on the line. I do a story. I did it well. They took the story away and gave it to somebody who wasn't even close to the action. And I just blew up. Like, I didn't play the long game. All right? And that hurt me. 
if I had been more mature, I would have stepped back and said, all right, I'm going to write this wrong, but I'm going to do it in a much different way than confrontation. I'm not going to be confrontational. So as I get older, the long game, and I don't have a long game now, you know, I mean, I'm not like I'm 30, okay, but the long game makes more sense because you can do more things effectively if you plan, if you step back, if you can discipline yourself not to react to wrongdoing. I had something this weekend, something I really wanted to do, and it involved this right, right? Like, but that would have been horrible. Though I didn't. But the long game will kick in. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but it, it required discipline, my discipline, to pull back. It was a wrong. I wanted to write it right then. I'll write the wrong but I'll take my time doing it. Whenever you have, you get upset, whenever something's going wrong in your life, step back, take a nice glass of water, think about the long game. Sometimes you have to use a short game, particularly when you're defending yourself. You have to, but the long game is usually better. Thanks for watching, see you tomorrow.